Welcome to episode 26 of the Forward from 50 podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way, in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of Forward from 50, and your host for today's show. Mike Brennan knew early in life that he wanted to be a graphic illustrator. Some of his earliest memories were about creating special greeting cards for friends or relatives and enjoying their reactions when they opened the hand-drawn cards. After graduating from high school, Mike enrolled in art school before landing a job with prestigious Madison Avenue companies in New York City who were working on behalf of some major brands. He bounced around from one company to another before going into full-time ministry. While that work was important and Mike was making an impact on the lives of others, he wasn't inspired. Even after starting his own church with his best friend, Mike often found himself doing things nobody else could or wanted to do. He was just going through the motions of life, which was depressing and unfulfilling. After his father was diagnosed with cancer and died a short time later, Mike hit rock bottom. He wondered how he arrived at that stage in life and questioned whether he could ever truly enjoy life again. He saw a therapist and began journaling, and through that he felt a tug to return to his first love, which was graphic illustration. Mike made a commitment to draw something new every day for a year, but he didn't know if he could maintain the consistency of showing up every day to create illustrations. He described his first drawing as horrible and embarrassing because Mike knew he had had great artistic capacity as a young man. But Mike stuck with his one-year plan and found renewed purpose at the end. To tell us his story and how it impacted him so he could impact others, please welcome Mike Brennan to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. I really appreciate your time. So I understand that you just turned 50 not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. What are you doing now? Wow. What am I doing now? <laughs> there's there's so many things. That's such a big question. But what life looks like for me at the current moment is pursuing my creativity. And my background is in graphic design and illustration. And that has continued to grow and evolve over time. And now I help other people emb- embrace their creativity as well through what I call daily creative habit. And I go and speak about these things and coach creatively. And so that's some of the things I do on the work front. And then I have two teen daughters who are living with me right now and had gone through a pandemic divorce. And so life continues to evolve and shift in what next looks, what I'm doing now, I pretty much concentrate on there's the holding loosely to what I think is coming and where I think I want to go and what I believe to be. And then there's what is today and really trying to practice being in the moment today, embracing right now, because truly this is all we have. Exactly. That's a good point. Where do you live? I'm in New Jersey. New Jersey. And are you a lifelong resident of New Jersey? I grew up in New York and Staten Island, and I've pretty much stayed around this area. I was on Staten Island for most of my life, then lived in Long Island for a while. I went island hopping, just not the tropical kind, and then landed in New Jersey. That's where home is for the moment. I think moving forward, I won't necessarily always be here looking to get out to some other places, some cheaper places, honestly. (laughs) I've heard that it's a little expensive back in that part of the country. You did graphic design on your own or were you were employed by somebody else? It was both. When I started out, I I came out of art school in New York City, School of Visual Arts, and went into the advertising design world, large corporate 
machine that was on Madison Avenue and large clients that you would recognize and quickly found that I didn't really thrive in that type of environment. And so from there, except the course of, hey, let's bounce around to various companies until we can either we hit a ceiling because we're not growing anymore or their staff changes or whatever it is. But typically that's what happened was until I actually left graphic design altogether, went into full-time ministry for about 10 years, which is a whole other chapter of my life, only to return to my art and design, but this time with my own business and clients. And so I do a lot of things like logos, branding, marketing materials, as well as custom illustrations. So anything to basically do with art and make yes. them, yeah, okay. Are many of your clients corporations then doing like graphic design for advertisements and logos and things like that? A lot of them are small business owners or entrepreneurs, honestly, some people who are starting their businesses and they're looking for just that visual identity piece to say, okay, I know someone told me I needed a logo, so I guess I should have one. And then I talk through all the strategy pieces around that and do some consulting as well to say, here's what you may need going forward. Here's more of a complete package so that you can have a cohesive look. And that's not simply like someone just handed you a logo and said, okay, have fun. That's it. Very good. What did you do that really gave your, gave you a sense of purpose before you turned 50? What was it that really invigorated you? I think it's always been tied to two things for me. And these things weren't necessarily in my mind, things that held hands, if you will, they at times butt against each other, but it was always a sense of serving people somehow. So a lot of the people-oriented activities and interests, which is why I ended up going into full-time ministry for a little stretch there. But even at a young age, knowing that I could do something to help somebody else, like simply holding a door open for someone at a local store and seeing that, oh, that helps them feel seen and heard. And there's somehow I'm able to make an impact on their life, even if it's bringing a smile. And so my earliest memories were from making greeting cards for family members. And so this involved my creativity, drawing something, making this card, handing it over to somebody and seeing their face light up. And they're like, wow, you did this for me. That's incredible. And so I tucked that away. I didn't obviously put it in these terms. When you're a kid, you're not thinking that you're just thinking, Hey, this feels good. This is fun. I want to do more of this. But then looking back, I realized, oh, it's really the sense creating something for somebody else and having an impact on someone else's life through what it is that you create. And so what it is that I have created over my lifetime has changed and evolved in some seasons, but there's always at the core of it, this sense of, I want to connect with someone else. I want to know that what I do has impact on someone else for good. That's a great goal to have. And I wish you would really push into that creating greeting cards because the greeting cards on the market down here in Arizona really <laughs> stink. So especially yeah. when you're talking about people over 50, it's always you're old over the hill, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think there's a market for some more encouraging kind of greeting cards. So that's sure. again, your idea of simple acts of kindness. It's amazing how those can really work to make somebody's day. And then it automatically just spreads to other people. Just one little act of kindness. So it's neat that you're, yes. you're pursuing that and encouraging others to do that as well. So after you turned 50, I guess you had some challenges, but what are the things that are really motivating you now besides the, your daily creative habit website? Are there any things that you're involved in outside of work? Honestly, being my own 
being self-employed, having my own business, it, so much of my time is always taken up with the next product or service or refining something. And as a creator, every day there's a new opportunity to create something new. And so there is the challenge of not always tying that creativity to my business and for monetary gain. And having navigated the pandemic and a divorce and a lot of change socially and relationally, there's still this sense of looking for other ways to connect with people. A lot of my community, honestly, it's found online, which is great. Then I'm thankful for the ability to do that. But sometimes locally, it's more of a challenge to find groups who really understand what it is that I do and have some shared common interests. I think beyond the work stuff, there is also the personal development stuff that I really try to focus on the habits that I keep for myself each day and mindset and just looking to grow and learn to evolve as I continue to face new challenges and different seasons of my life. But there's a lot of it that is just looking towards the future and saying, okay, what is it that I want life to look like? What's possible? And even though feeling like, okay, I've crossed 50 and there are certain things, it's weird. It's almost like a, a switch went off physically sometimes where you're like, oh, there's a pain that I didn't know or have before. But I think keeping my mind in that place where it's not inhibited by anything like that and just thinking, yeah, age is just a number. It's really your spirit and how you show up in the world that makes a difference. That's a good point. I interviewed somebody not too long ago who said that age really truly is a number because to a 95-year-old, a 70-year-old is very young. Age really doesn't matter. You should be able to continue to offer things of value to people throughout your entire life. What is it about creating that really sparks your interest and imagination? I think it's tapping into more than just the skill set and the techniques. Certainly you need those to execute something that's worth someone's attention and perhaps money, but it's this idea of following your curiosity, right? Getting an interest in something and thinking like, I really want to find out more about this, or I really wonder what would this look like, or how would this function? And it's following that curiosity enough where then it, it becomes a reality in something that didn't exist before. And that could be something that's a drawing. That could be something that is sometimes, like I said, graphic design. It could be a song. There are so many different ways that you can execute an idea. But I think it's that process that when you engage with that, at least when I engage with that, it leads me to places that I wouldn't normally go to outside of that. And so I love to lean into that every day and to think, okay, what do I want to create today? It's a new day. I can build on something that I did yesterday as a foundation, but I want to go someplace new, or I want to try something, experiment, have a place to play to maybe break some things because in that place, you will have some breakthroughs and you'll have some moments where I think you'll achieve things that you wouldn't otherwise, if you just stay within what you know, maybe what somebody hands you in a creative brief or just the places that seem safe. You need a place to get outside of that and say, let's dream a little, let's see what's possible. That's what I would like about creating. Writing is creating basically. And I'm a writer yes. by trade. And it's the being able to just step out of yourself and go where your mind takes you. 
And I, I would imagine that's the same thing with graphic design too, is experimenting with different shapes, colors, and designs and seeing how you can tweak it and make it even better and make it pop out even more. How did daily creative habit come about? When did that start? So I was in this place where it was a very difficult season of my life. It was the end of the ministry years that I was involved in. And when I was in ministry, I was doing a lot of things that were not really in my gifting. I was doing things that simply someone had to do. And I was the person identified as the person who needed to step into that role. And so I wasn't doing a lot of creative things at all, or really anything personally, that's for sure. And a lot of things that I felt like I had to do, and again, things that weren't really aligned. And that led me to a place of ultimately suffering from depression. And that combined with a lot of other elements in the mix, it just, things got real cloudy and I couldn't even figure out like, how do I get out of this place? And ultimately it meant me leaving my position. It meant me having to move in that season. It was leaving a faith community, friends, family, financial impacts. All, every area of my life was being touched. And on top of that, my dad had been diagnosed with cancer and passed away very quickly. Wow. And so I found myself in this place where it was really my rock bottom. And I'm like, how did we get here? And how do we get out of here? Or can we even get out of here? Honestly, I really didn't even know. And it was at that point, which I just started asking a lot of questions and seeking help, honestly, not only in terms of like therapy and journaling and just trying to identify some things in myself for mental health, but I also felt this voice inside of me saying, come back to your creativity. Because when you were a kid, it brought you joy. Forget about business stuff. Forget about all the things that you, the pressures and the responsibilities that you can attach to this or have attached to this. And is it possible for you just to come back to it because it made you smile, because it made you feel good at one point in your life when you were a kid? And I didn't know the answer to that question, but I knew that I had to pursue that question. And so I ended up getting introduced to this idea of a 365 day art making journey which scared me because I thought, I don't know if I can do a whole year of showing up every single day and creating something. I haven't done anything for the past 10 years. So what makes me think I'm going to be able to be consistent? But I was like, what do I have to lose at this point? So I blew off the dust on my sketchbook and grabbed some pens and I went down to a local Starbucks and I ended up drawing this Starbucks coffee cup and it was horrible. It was just awful drawing. And I was embarrassed by it because I thought at one time I had such capacity. But now I'm feeling very diminished. And instead of giving into the shame of that and giving into just the embarrassment, I put day one at the top of the journal the sketchbook. And I said, this is what I can do right now. I'm depressed. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure my way out again. This is all I can manage. But this isn't the whole journey. This is day one. And I know tomorrow I'm going to come back for day two and do something new and forget about what's on page one. And so I kept challenging myself to lean into this journey and this process. And eventually I came to the end of the year. I did it. I did every single day. I was sharing stuff on social media, even though it was a lot of bad work. But I found that I had to get through a lot of bad work before I got to some good work because you just have to show up and do the work, right? <clears throat> and so when I got to the end of the year, I thought, okay, now what? Yay, congratulations, you did it. But is that it now? And I was like, I think I need to keep going. And so I just kept leaning in, kept doing more, kept using it as a place to play and experiment. And eventually I found my voice and style in my illustration work. And I found things that I was passionate about. 
there was a lot of self-discovery that happened that I wasn't anticipating on that journey. And then I kept going again and I passed a couple more years. And then I realized that this journey isn't just for me. It's actually for other people too, because the things that I'm experiencing, I know that they will be valuable for other people. And so I started to examine my own journey and realized, oh, there were certain moments in my journey and certain key principles that were at work. And as I identified what those were, I started to talk about them and put them into a framework that I could help other people who wanted to pursue their creativity, whether it was for personal hobby type things or professionally, that people could pursue this to get some consistency in showing up and let that process take over and do things that wouldn't happen if you're just doing things in fits and spurts. And so that's where the daily creative habit was born from my own journey and showing up and exploring and experimenting and then realizing there's value in here. There are principles at work and then packaging that stuff up so that I speak on stages or there's the daily creative habit journal that I have that's available. There's a newsletter that I have that's free that goes out just with daily prompts and some inspiration, basically creating as many resources as I can to help other people show up and create. Because I'm like, look, when you show up to create, when you create, we all win. And that's what I want to see. I want to see us all win. I like that, Mike. The fact that you showed up, you felt yeah. a sense to go in a specific direction and you just made that decision. I'm going to do it. And you sat down at the Starbucks and you drew a horrible picture of a coffee cup, but that was day one. And I love that you titled it day one. And what's most important is a lot of people I think would say that I'm past my prime now. I was good at one time. I was really talented. This is all I can do now. Why even bother? But the fact that uh -huh. you continued to show up day after day for a year, I think says it all. It's just, that's how you get out of that. You get the idea. Yeah. God gives you an assignment. And it sounds to me as though this was an assignment, basically. It was taking in your yeah. natural talent, your learned skills and your experiences and putting it into something that's going to help other people. And so I really like the way that you did that. When you were doing ministry, what kind of ministry was it? It was a little all over the map. Okay. My first ministry job was what I call the slash job, which was, hey, we want you to do children's ministry slash college ministry slash worship leading slash all the things that either no one else wanted to do or that were just the bottom of the totem pole. So right. I was the slasher in ministry at first. And then I realized I'm like, I have done a lot of things over my lifetime with youth ministry in various forms and then also worship leading and then ended up. Through that job, there was an evening service that brought me together back again with my best friend growing up, and we ended up planting a church together. And that was stepping more into really a, a, a an associate pastor type role, a creative pastor, even though the creative part was really more tied to because you're starting something new. And so we need to create the environment that we're going to meet in and then also some structures and teams. And there was a little bit of the worship leading in there and then also some preaching and things of that nature. But I see how even those years were setting me up to be a better communicator and to formulate how to come up with some of these systems and structures and then execute on them. So it was certainly nothing is wasted in the economy of life, I think, as long as you look for redemption. There's probably a lot of similarities between leading a church or a congregation and leading a community, whether it's online or offline. And that seems yeah. to be what you're doing right now with the daily creative habit group. Are, do you, do people join this? Is this that is like a membership site that people can join? 
and be part of it and just kind of share the experience with others or do they get help? There's two different ways right now that you can benefit from an in a personal interaction as opposed to just resources that you walk through on your own. The first is the Daily Creative Habit Facebook group, which is free. It is a community where people join and just say, hey, yeah, I want to be around some like-minded creative people. And there's a lot of different creative expressions in there. Some people are visual artists, some people are writers, some people podcasters or business owners that just are creative entrepreneurs. You name it, it's in there. And I encourage people to engage with the process and then apply it to their context. And so I say, show up, share some work. What are you working on? Where are you stuck? Who is it that you wish you had access to right now? What kinds of people, what kind of skills? And there might be people in the group who say, you know what? I do that. Like, why don't we collaborate on something? Or people who are just simply saying, you know what? I keep starting something and then I'm stopping and I need help with that consistency. And so just to be able to voice that and for people to come around you and either say, you know what? I'm right there with you. Or for people to say, you know what? I've had issue with that, but here's how I've dealt with it and continue to deal with it. And so obviously I'm in there, I'm, in, I'm interacting. I'm encouraging people to show up and to post and to be engaged. And then if people want like that next level, I do creative coaching. And I say creative coaching really is for someone who is looking to get the consistency because again, maybe they have a certain creative project that they want to work towards. If it's writing a book or a painting series or some other creative endeavor, but they're just like, I don't really know how to get traction on this. And without showing up and doing the work, I know that work's never going to see the light of day. And therefore I'm never going to make money off of it. I'm never going to build a business around this. I'm never going to do work that I feel like is fulfilling and impactful. And so there's a lot at stake. And sometimes we just need people to come around us and to coaches who are outside of our particulars, who can just say, Hey, here's what I've experienced from my journey. And here's what I think might help you here. Let's try this. Everything's very specific and actionable in those sessions. It's not like a cookie cutter type of thing. One size fits all because people have different needs. And so I just meet with the person, we do it up for Zoom and there's transcript and video provided on the back end so they can go back and rewatch something or listen in again. And it's all about making sure that they have action items to follow up with after the sessions and so that they're getting that traction, they're putting in the work and there's some accountability there. The accountability is nice, but I really like the idea of being around like-minded people. I think that's mm -hmm. what stalls a lot of seasoned citizens, people over 50, from pursuing things that they want to do because they get within their group and they might feel a call in a different direction or a desire to do something else. And then they start, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to work so hard in retirement? Why don't you just take it easy? That type of thing. So being around people who are dreamers and creators, I think will, would really help seasoned citizens, people over 50, really move forward and come out of their shell. What do you think? How important is it oh, absolutely. those kind of people? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's some people have said, I've put this thing that I love to do on a shelf for so long. I don't know if I can come back to it. And that's that was right. partially my. And I'm like, you can absolutely come back to it if that's really what you want. But we just need to put some steps around that so that you start taking action. And it goes from just a desire and a thought to something you're actually doing. And then there's also the thought of you have opportunity to create something every single day. And whether it's in a form that you're used to or that you're comfortable with, or you want to try something completely new, 
like you make the rules. And so a lot of times I think people think because there's no immediate value in something that I create, it's not really worth it. Like I'm going to sit down and make something and there's going to be such a disconnect from what I see in my head and what I see on paper or on the page that I'm going to feel discouraged about that and just want to stop doing it altogether. And I really try and reorient that conversation to say, it's really more about the process that's at work because sometimes the product will be lacking, but the process will always be doing something in you and for you. And the more that you lean into the process, the more you'll grow, the more you'll start to see results. And so sometimes those results are just you feeling good about doing whatever the activity is, having some personal joy. And sometimes it's creating something that, again, you can sell or something that becomes something much bigger. But I think it's all about the same thing, which is pursuing that, showing up, being able to ask what's possible here and build on where you've been, where you've come from. Don't let it be a barrier for entry. A friend of mine says or encourages people to fail at something cool because a lot of people yes. are just afraid to jump out because they think they're going to fail. And so he right. encourages people to just jump out and do it anyway and have fun and be cool. Make it something that you really wanted to do or really wanted or really interested in. I think a lot of people over 50 have buried this desire that they wanted to do. They had one early, even in their teen years or early 20, where they wanted to go in a specific direction, but well-meaning family members or friends talked them mm -hmm. out and said, how can you make money in graphic design? Going out of your comfort zone and coming back to that area where your unique giftedness or the initial desires that you had, I think is so important. How long yeah. does it take to create a habit to, to do something, to change a habit? Yeah. I've heard differing opinions on this and some people say it can be 60 days, 30 days, something like that. And then other people say it could be up to two years. And I think there's different variables that are in effect and it, there's the act of doing the thing, but then there's also tracking it and measuring it and celebrating also. I think those have to be part of the process because somewhere along the way, you're going to feel like quitting. You're going to feel like giving up, even if you've been doing something as a habit for a long while, you'll have off days. And so you need to be able to have a system that supports you. There's usually a catalyst that gets you going, but then you need a system to keep you going. And so I think the habit is really the thing that you lean into that is the system that goes, okay, I know at this time of day is when I'm going to show up. These are the materials I'm going to use. This is what it looks like for me to do. Give yourself the container. And then within that container, be creative, do whatever it is that you want to do to, to, to play, to experiment, to do all those things. And then as you're doing those things, track it so that you know what it is that you're doing. So it's not simply like, I, I feel like I showed up a bunch of times and I did some things, but I don't really know like, where is it? And did I really move the needle any, like you want to be able to look at your journey and say, oh yes, there are things happening or no, I missed this day, but here's what happened. Or I felt a little off that day. And maybe it's because I didn't show up and do my thing. And then celebrating some wins, even small wins along the way to say, hey, I did seven days in a row of this thing. Good job. Sure. It's small, but it's significant because maybe I haven't ever done seven days in a row on this thing before. So stop and acknowledge that and give yourself a little reward. Take yourself to a museum or a movie, do something, buy yourself a little, if you're into pens, buy yourself that special pen that you really love, like whatever it is, 
just enough of a reward to say, hey, good job, keep going. And I think all those things will contribute to that habit being built. And once the habit's built, then you start to get momentum. And then you start to ride momentum where it's like, it's not hard to show up and do these things anymore because that's a part of just my daily routine. You had mentioned journaling. And what are the advantages of actually doing a daily journal? I think being self-aware is so valuable because too often we go through life and experience things and when everything's trapped in our heads, it gets murky in a hurry. And I think journaling gives you the ability to pluck it out of your head and put it down on paper and examine it and examine yourself. And to have, again, a way that you can go back and look at to see, are there themes that keep coming up? And maybe there's something happening in my life that I'm not even aware of. But as I look at it on the page, I can see those patterns and those themes emerging. And it helps, oh, here's an area of my life where I really need to do something about. I need to get some help or I need some focus. I need to try and do some different things if I want different results. And then also just from an emotional standpoint of being tapped into who you are and how you're operating and how you're feeling in a particular way, to have that outlet to just go, you know what, nobody's going to judge me in here. I'm just going to write whatever it is that I need to write. And if I'm angry, if I'm sad, if I'm whatever it is, I'm just going to put it out on the page and let it sit there and just be with it. And so many people, I think, don't have a place to do that, or they don't give themselves a place to do that, quite honestly. And what happens is it just gets trapped and then it starts coming out in other ways. And then people say, I'm not happy, but I don't really know why. Um, or I'm living my life with this low-grade frustration my whole life, but I don't really know what to pinpoint that towards. And so journaling is a great tool for you to help know yourself, express yourself, and examine yourself. How important is it to go back and read your prior journal entries? That's something I have not done. Yeah, it's funny because I always have good intentions with that as well. And there's another piece of that too, where my handwriting is so atrocious that sometimes I can't even read my own handwriting. So there are moments where I know that I'm scribbling furiously and it's really more about that particular moment of me processing than it is about the actual words that I can read that are on the page. But I do think that there is value in going back and looking and reading because we forget. We forget things that in the moment we may record of, hey, this happened today and this really made me sad or mad, or I was really happy about this particular thing, or I'm hopeful about this thing. And we can forget those, those experiences that seem ordinary because time just has a way of washing it away. And, and so to have a place to go back and be reminded of that, these little snapshots of moments, much like you would flip through a photo album and have a little bit of like nostalgia, even sometimes to have that with moments of your life, that's a special thing. And to lean into that, I think is the gift. If you had to live your life over again, especially after you turned 50, is there anything that you would do differently? Oh, honestly, I really try to live my life in such a way that I don't dwell on regret because there's a big sense of the past is the past and there's really nothing I can do about that. And I don't want to be weighed down trying to move into the future while I'm carrying the past. And so I rather look at things through a redemptive viewpoint of saying, certainly there are moments in my life where they have been 
some of the darkest, some of the most painful, some of the most difficult that I didn't know if I was going to make it through those moments, honestly. And even in those moments, I don't know that I would go back and change anything because they have made me who I am today. They have given me an experience to live through that taught me things that I wouldn't know otherwise. And then also makes me more empathetic to other people who perhaps are going through those same things. And so I would much rather hold that redemptive view of things and say, yeah, this was horrible. Yeah, this was dark, but how can we turn around and use this for good for myself and others? I heard somebody say recently, you're not really old until regret replaces your dreams. And so the fact that you continue dreaming and you don't dwell on the regret, you'll never get old or get to that point where you would even consider yourself old. So I really like your approach on that yeah. as well. Do you have any advice for people over 50 to either identify or take that vital first step to pursue their passions? Yeah, I think first off, just be honest with yourself as a first step. Like, where are you right now? And what is it that you're thinking about doing? And what is it that you think are the roadblocks? Like, even write it down, as silly as that may seem, because if we don't assess some of those things early on, we could dive into something and not really know either why we're doing something and have a strong enough pull and desire that where it feels like the work is significant, impactful, purpose-filled, or we may not realize fully our own objections. And so we'll get into a process and then our mind will go into overgear to go, oh, you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. Oh, you can't. Why even bother? This doesn't matter. This is silly. This is stupid. And so I think just starting in a place of honesty, writing out some of those things so that you're acknowledging it, and then just taking a first step. Like what's the right next step that you can take today? And that's going to be different for everybody. Some people are going to have more financial means to be able to either take a class or to do something that costs them financially. Other people are going to have to get more creative but they may have more of a, a clear path on what it is that they want to pursue because maybe they did it once before and they're looking to pick up where they left off or reintroduce something. And so there's some amount of familiarity, but I think by and large, whatever that is, just figuring out that right next step and then do that so that you start getting action and then do the right next step after that. And so really it's all about Yes, perceive what it is that you want to do. Yes, get in touch with your desires and your passions and figure out those questions on the journey because usually it's not like a download in one sitting, but be active also, because if we don't act, we won't really get clarity. We want to wait for clarity and then we want to, but it doesn't work that way. Exactly. It works the other way around, actually. Clarity comes when we act. And so the more we can get ourselves acting, the, the quicker we'll get some traction on that and the quicker we'll start to realize, oh, it's not this, it's this, or, oh, you know what? I really love this. I want to pursue this more. It's like trying to steer a parked car. It's very difficult. And so you want to be moving and then course correct as you need to. That's great. How can people get in touch with you or connect with you? The easiest place is if people go to my website, which is mikebrennan.me. From there, you'll find links out to all my social accounts and you'll find links to dailycreativehabit.com also if you're looking for some resources for the email newsletter to come to you for free or the Facebook group we mentioned or the journal or coaching any of those resources that's all available there as well 
And then you can check out some of my work. That's my illustration or graphic design work from that main website as well. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mike. I really appreciate you sharing your story with me today. I found it inspirational. I picked up a couple of things, but I'm a creator. So I hope mm. it'll do that too. Thank you, Greg. I'm grateful that Mike Brennan was so transparent in describing the depths of his depression and his doubts as to whether he could ever be happy again. I have been in that place myself and it is debilitating. To develop a habit of showing up every day to create something, Mike had to put in place some systems to help him maintain his momentum. He also had to draw a lot of really bad things until he could start creating the dazzling illustrations he envisioned in his mind. Because Mike knew the application of certain principles was ultimately responsible for the new direction of his life, he wanted to share them with others. So Mike formed an online platform called Daily Creative Habit to help other people tap into their own creative energy. He helps them set goals, monitor their progress, and remain accountable to their commitments. Mike developed a Daily Creative Habit journal to provide seeds of inspiration to people who may be struggling, and he backed that up with a free newsletter to give creators prompts and encouragement. For people who want some one-on-one -on -one help to gain traction on their goals or projects, Mike serves as a creativity coach. Like Mike said, I know from personal experience that if they don't show up and do the work, that idea or project will never see the light of day. They will never build a business around the idea, and they'll never make money from it. Nor will they feel like the work they do is fulfilling and impactful. Mike says he has no regrets in life because everything he has done and experienced have worked to build him into the person he is today. But people who are wondering what direction their life should take after turning 50 need to evaluate where they are right now and address any roadblocks they see standing in the way of the life they'd like to live. Once the analysis is done and people know the things they intend to pursue will be significant, impactful, and purpose-filled, then it's essential for them to take action toward their dream. Mike said if you don't act, you won't get clarity, but if you wait for clarity, then you'll never get started. Clarity comes from action, and the sooner you start acting, the quicker you'll get traction. To connect with Mike, visit www.mikebrennan.me. From there, you can find examples of his creative work, links to social media accounts, as well as to his daily creative habit website and coaching services. That's all I have for this week's show. If you'd like help in identifying a purpose for your life, or to get help planning your next steps, I'm offering a complimentary brainstorming session to members of the Forward from 50 Facebook community. For details, contact me on Facebook or visit www.forwardfrom50.com. Please join me again next week for another motivational interview on the next episode of the Forward from 50 podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes.